speak to them. All right. Let's see. I think that's all the announcements this morning. I think. Um, let's receive our offering. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. As we do that, we want to, as we pray this morning for our offering, um, we want to pray for Miss Pat's granddaughter, Brooke. Right? Didn't you tell me, Miss Pat Brooke? That she had tested positive for COVID, where she's at on the Army base and uh, running a fever and bad headache and stuff like that. So we want to be praying for her this morning. Um, we want to be praying for Brad this morning. Brother Brad Fowler is going to preach for us this morning and bring the word. And I've been excited all week, been excited what God's doing in others' lives and watching him work in his life. And, and so it's um, it's exciting time. It's, I just... I can't can't explain it no other no other way, and and so. All right, yes, Sister Ruth this morning would have been here, but she is sick this morning. She had called Mama earlier this morning, and want to remember her. All right, well, Amen. Well, let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, again we come and we just thank you for this time together. Thank you for the sweet spirit that's been in this place. God, that people come this morning, came with expectation as we prayed this week and prayed again this morning with expectation that you're going to work and you're going to move in their lives, but they're going to show up for you this morning, Jesus. Father, as Jesus, as you showed up for us so many times. And, and God, we just ask that you just touch and move in the hearts and lives this morning. You be with Brooke where she's at this morning. Heal her of this COVID symptoms, of these things going on in her body. And, and Father, that she just come out of that. And, and no problems whatsoever. We just thank you for your healing hand on her. Thank you that you're with Sister Ruth this morning at home, dealing with this sickness, God. That we just you just touch and heal her. We tell it to go right now in the name of Jesus. We just thank you for your healing power moving and working in people's lives, Father. We just uh, pray for Brad this morning, God. That you touch him, God. Give him boldness this morning, the confidence that he needs, and Father, that he speaks with confidence and and. It, the words and the things that you've given him this morning we, and that we open up our hearts, open up our minds, our lives to receive what you have for us this morning. And I thank you for it, God. We just bring our tithes and offerings to you. God, that you touch and move and, and bless in each and every one's life this morning and bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I like that song. It's all word. The battle belongs to the Lord, doesn't it? If he's for us, who can be against us? Nobody. It doesn't matter who don't like us, who did this, who said that. God's for us. So that makes all the difference in the world. Amen. Well, children can go to children's church, and I'm so happy to see this number going this morning. That's the most. Hallie's going to have a fun time back there for sure. Hallie and Ariane and whoever. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love to see the the uh, the growth that we're experiencing as Victory Fellowship Church and watching God move and work. It's just it uh you're talking about a humbling thing. It's not a 
I'm getting a big head. No, it's just a humbling thing. Because me as Mark Carroll don't deserve this. Uh-uh. But it's easy to get proud about it, but I don't deserve it. Jesus deserves it. God deserves it. His kingdom deserves it because we're all doing what he's called us to do. Amen. Amen. Well, as I said, Brad's going to come this morning and bless us in word. And I know he's going to do a good job. I told him this morning, I said, I got full confidence in you, brother. None, none, no non-confidence whatsoever. I know that God's going to speak through him and going to use him. So you listen and open your heart this morning. Good morning. It's good to be back in God's house this morning. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but I could leave here right now feeling like I've, I've had church already. Had a good worship. Uh, then Mark got up here and got choked up and caused me to get choked up. And it's just, it's just been good already. Um, real good spirit, sweet spirit, and. You know, things are happening here. Amen. Things are happening, and it's time to jump on and hold on and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Be obedient to Him. Yeah. Um, I got my water here. I had a sticky note on it that said, Not for Mark. So if, if y'all have been here, y'all would understand what that means. <laughs> Mark's been going around drinking everybody else's water. So... <laughs> So, uh, okay, as I was studying this week, I found something. You stumble across things every now and then when you're studying God's Word. but It ended up being a bad thing. I thought it was a good thing, but the word Fowler was listed in the Bible. And I'm thinking, well, how about that? F-O-W-L-E-R, Fowler. And it's listed three times. So I got to work the next day, and things got a little slow, and I was like, i got to find out what this means. So I got the definition here. All excited about it. it. Says the fowler represents the devil. <laughs> Just like a fowler, he operates in the shadows to lure and entice God's children into sinning. So I want all y'all to know I'm clear in the air. I did not choose my last name. <laughs> I've already talked to somebody about changing it. So <laughs> but it's good to be in God's house. You know, it's good we can come in here, laugh, and enjoy ourselves and. And have fun in, in God and, and all that He does for us. You know, it's um, there's an old basketball coach. They called him Jimmy V. A lot of you know who I'm talking about. He was diagnosed with cancer and he had a speech at the SB or ESPN Awards, whatever they call them. And he was talking about what a full day consists of. And he said it was three things. He said, every day you should laugh. You should spend some time in laughter. He said, every day we should think. We should spend some time in the day in thought. Think about what's going on. And he said, every day our emotions should be moved to tears. We should cry. And you know, I got to thinking, you know, every service we're in with God, every Sunday we're here, should be the same thing as everything that day should consist of. And this morning, we've already had a laugh. Some of us already cried. 
And we've all spent some time in thought. But I'm not going to stop here. I'm ready for another day's worth. So, um, so I just thought it was it, that was funny how that you know it could really relate to a, a a service just like it could as he explained it into a day. Let's laugh, let's think, and let's cry. Um, the title to the message is a spiritual surrender ensures eternity. So I broke this down. The definition that I have to surrender says, to surrender in spirit and religion means that a believer completely gives up his own will and subjects his thoughts, ideas, and deeds to the will and teaching of a higher power. Surrender is willful acceptance and yielding to a dominating force and their will. And that's the first question this morning. Have we surrendered ourselves spiritually to God? Have we done that? We're going to read about it. We're going to find out if we have or if we haven't. Uh, we're going to find out what we need to do to get there. Because there is a spiritual surrender needed to serve God the way He intended for us to serve. And so then I break down ensures. Because it says ensures eternity. Ensures means to make certain that something shall occur or be the case. So I want to ensure my eternity. I don't want to leave here thinking... I might go to heaven. I don't want to leave here, really don't want to leave here thinking I might go to hell. That's somewhere I don't ever want to be. But if you will, turn with me to Matthew, chapter 19, verses 16 through 22. And you've all probably um, seen this, heard this, maybe even read this. Very popular passage. But in verse 16 it says, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? So Jesus, so he said unto him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments, he said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said unto him, all these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Now that's a lot. It's a lot to take in. And I want to tell you a story that I thought about when I was reading this, and it has to do with your retired pastor, Brother Carroll. You know, he had a relentless mission with me, and I don't know. Some of you know this, some of you don't. But he had a relentless mission on his mind. You see, he possessed something in life that he wanted me to have possession of. And I love you for it. He was relentless about it. He spent a lot of time at my house. Um, he would come there a lot. Sometimes weekly, sometimes bi-weekly. But, you see, I still had some things in my life 
that I wasn't ready to give up yet. I was saved when I was 19 years old at Calvary Assembly Church at a Christmas play. And I surrendered spiritually that night to Jesus to make Him Lord and Savior of my life. But I realized as Brother Carroll would come and he would talk to me and and he never would be pushy about it. I actually loved to see him pull up, even though I knew why he was there. I loved to see him pull up in my driveway because I enjoyed the conversations we had. He never gave up on me. Jesus never gave up on me. Because even though I had made a spiritual surrender to Jesus to be my Savior, I still hadn't made a spiritual surrender to God's will in my life. I said, I want Jesus because I want heaven. I want Jesus because I want good things in my life. I want blessings. But I'm not ready to give these few things up because I'm not ready to surrender to God's will. I still want to do Brad's will. You know, there's a lot of things that's changed since then because of, because of his relentless mission he was on. Um, things have changed in my life, and I hope you've seen it. Because I want to tell you the things I'm about to tell you, I'm not boasting about because I've done absolutely nothing but be obedient to God's will. Uh, there's nothing that Brad's done to change the way I think in the morning. God has changed it all for me because of a decision I made to enter into His will. You know, it, it, things, uh, February, I believe it was, I gave my life back to God. I rededicated myself to God and to Jesus. And this time, I surrendered to His will in my life. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to believe how things will change in your life when you give everything you have to Him instead of bits and pieces. Here's what you can have. Here's what you can't have. Here's what I'm willing to give. Here's what I'm going to keep. That's not a surrender to God's will. That's a surrender to your will and what you're willing to give up for Him. But there's a difference in my life now. There's a difference in the way I walk, the way I talk, the way I act. I want to be in church now every time the doors are open. I'm excited when I wake up and realize, hey, it's Wednesday. We have church tonight. Hey, it's Sunday morning. It's time to go to church. I'm excited about these things now because of what God has done for me. I, I wish this place was open five days a week. I know people have things to do and places to go and, and there's things that have to happen. But that's what I'm telling you. That's what God's done in my life now. I've gone from I, I don't care if I go to church for six months to I want to be there every second of every day because I love Him. I gave myself to Him and I, I'm doing His will now. He's blessing my life and I love Him for it. I can't get enough of it. And you know, if we would all, all have that same attitude and give ourselves to Him, it, it's crazy what He could do in our lives. But something jumped out at me on this scripture in verse 20. Now, Jesus had already told him, he had already asked the question, what do I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered and told him to keep the commandments. He comes back and wants to know which ones. Jesus tells him these. Okay, the ones he told him are easy, right? Shall not murder, shall not steal, bear a false witness. Well, those are easy things. I hope they're easy things for everybody. I never have to battle with myself not to kill people. <laughs> I just, I just, there are some people that do, you know. Uh, 
I never have to battle myself to steal. There's a register I get in at work when someone pays with a cash or, or a check that I have to get into and give change back. It never crosses my mind, hey, won't you take some of that money? It don't cross my mind. It, that's easy. Okay? Um, bearing false witness, that's easy. I'm not running around telling people that any of you are, are doing this or doing that or not what you say you are or you're a wolf in sheep's clothing. I'm not saying any of that to anybody. I'm not bearing false witness to other people. But the last one, love thy neighbor as thyself, that one's a little tougher, isn't it? That gets a little tougher. You know, if somebody calls me with a flat tire when I'm on the creek bank fishing, I'm kind of tied up right now. I'm sorry. I mean, that's what we want to do, right? It's, it's hard to love your neighbor as yourself. Because if you call them, you want them to be there, right? It's a little tougher. But here's what stood out to me. The rich young ruler asked, What do I still lack? After he had told him, I kept all these commandments from my youth up. What do I still lack? So, why do you think he asked that question? If he asked the question, what do I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answered his question. He said, I've done all those things. Shouldn't it be done? Well, I'm going to go my way. I've got eternal life. I'm good. Go back to my barns and my money and my things. I've done this. I think he asked the question, what do I still lack? Because just like us, if we're not serving God the way He intended us to serve Him, if we haven't surrendered to His will, we know there's something missing in our lives. We know there's a void in our life that needs to be filled with something. So when this rich young ruler asked him, I think that's what he was saying. What do I still lack? He could have just turned and walked away. Well, I've done all these commandments. I'm good. I'm going to heaven. I didn't know what I was missing. But what people will do, possibly some in this room, we try to find ways to fill that void in our life. We try to use things to fill up what we're missing. That could be drugs. That could be alcohol. It could be a midlife crisis. It could be trying to search and seek for your happiness. I mean, you see a man at 70 who goes out and buys sports cars and finds three girlfriends and Goes has a back sleeve tattooed on him. That's a midlife crisis. He's trying to find something to fill the void he's missing for God. Right? Alcohol. How many times do we see this? People know there's something missing in their life and they'll drink themselves to sleep. They may be drunk by noon. They'll go out and drink at night in the clubs. They'll drink when they get back home. Drugs. They'll turn to drugs, things that make them feel good for a temporary time. That's what those things do. I've been there in my life. I'm not proud of it, but I've been there. Drugs will make you happy temporarily, and then it goes away, and you're right back and even worse than what you started. 
But we search and search and search and try and Chapter 4 and verse 7. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay? We all want the devil to flee from us, right? So how do we resist the devil? You resist the devil by submitting yourself to God. That's how you resist the devil. Through submission and surrendering to God, we can resist the devil. Alright, let's turn quickly to Proverbs... 3, 5, and 6. So the question now is how do we submit to God? How do we do that? Five and six. Chapter three of Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lead not lean not on your own understanding. And always acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. <clears throat> Leaning on His understanding to ours, that's tough too, right? It's a tough thing to do. Because if you're anything like me, you think you already know everything. You don't need somebody telling you what to do and, and, and how to do it. You already know all these things, Right? It's hard to lean on his understanding instead of yours. Because then you've got to have complete faith that he's leading you in the right direction. And it says to acknowledge him in all of your ways. That's how we resist the devil and submit to God. Acknowledge him in all your ways. That means everything we do, we should think about how God feels about it. Financial decisions we make. Job choices we make, family decisions. We should think, okay, is this what God wants in my life? Is this job move that I want to take, is this what God wants in my life? You know, too many times we fall short of this because the old saying, garbage in, garbage out. You know, there's so much to that. We can't acknowledge Him in everything we do when we got garbage going on in our lives. And garbage can come from the radio. It can come from the television. It can come from the people you're around at work, the people you hang out with outside of work. 
You know, I've, I've heard people say, I, you know, I know that shows I watch, it's, it's got a lot of things. You know, there's nudity, there's profanity, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say those things. I can listen to it, but I'm not going to say it. I'm an adult. I can control myself not to do those things that I watch. Garbage in, garbage out. If you watch those things, soon enough they'll be okay to you. If you if you constantly are involved in something that's contrary to God's Word, then eventually it's going to catch up with you. That is Satan inching his way into your life and trying to destroy you. Not to mention there some, could be somebody sitting across from you. There could be somebody at work that's looking at you as their guidance to God. Think about how they'd feel if they seen that happening. Second Timothy chapter three and verse five. And this is the uh, this is the last scriptures I have. I'm lost again, Landon. Now, in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, in this Scripture, Paul was referring to the last days, the perilous times that we would see in the last days. And I'm just going to read here, verse 5, "...having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such, people turn away." Now, when he says, "...and from such, people turn away," he's talking to us, "...hey." Turn away from this. Don't go around this. Okay? And I'm going to read you the bottom text uh, in my Bible. It's the King James, New King James Version Study Bible. Because this really hits the, head, uh, hits the nail on the head right here. A form of godliness is an outward appearance of reverence for God. Denying its power describes religious activity that is not connected to a living relationship with Jesus Christ. As time progresses, people would begin to participate in religious activities that are empty. Their activities have nothing to do with a true relationship with God or with an individual faith in Jesus Christ. This kind of religion provokes God's anger. So you know what? We can look the part and not be the part. We can dress up and look nice and say the right things in front of the right people and not have anything godly about us. And that's what was going on here and that's what he's telling us about is, is people will look the part, they'll get into the routines of worship and it becomes a routine, a pattern and before you know it, we're sitting here doing praise and worship and we have no idea what the words are even saying. We're singing them because it's time to sing them instead of singing them as a praise to God. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're getting into preaching and, and we're getting lost with our minds and wandering around wondering what we're going to have for dinner. It happens. But that is a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. You know, we're supposed to be in true worship when we're here. When we're singing praise and worship, we're singing to our Lord and Savior. We're thanking Him and praising Him and honoring Him for what He's done for us and what He means to us. Uh, when the preaching comes, we're, 
We're searching our hearts to see if these things apply to us. How can I change myself to be different going out than I was when I came in here? How can I be different when I leave than when I came? That's what worship is. That's what serving God is all about. And if we will surrender spiritually and and, and truly worshiping God, that's when He'll bless us. Because if we're not, just like this says, this religious activities that are empty, there's no consistency to them. They're, they're going to fade away. They're going to burn up with the earth when, when, when the Lord returns. They're nothing. So in finishing, I want to ask three questions. First question is, where do you stand today? That's the biggest question. Now that we know that we've got to give away and give up these little things that don't matter in life, these little things that are keeping us from serving the bigger picture, just like the rich young ruler, he wasn't ready to give them up. He walked away sorrowful because his life still meant more to him than God's will for his life. Second question, are we just going through the motions? That's a big one, folks. That, that is huge. It's so hard to grasp and accept in our lives, this one right here. It's so hard to accept and grasp this because it happens to so many people. It's probably at one time or another happened, if it's not going on right now, happened in your life. It's Sunday morning. It's time to show up. It's time to sit in my same seat, park in my same spot if I can. It's time to go in and sit down. It's time to stand and sing the song. Uh, it's time to listen to the preacher, um, think about what I'm having for lunch, and go home. It's easy to get in a routine. When we make God a routine, He quits blessing us. Because when we make God a routine, He can't live through our lives like He wants to. We've got to surrender to Him. Third question. And after I ask this question, I'd like for you all to play a song of invitation. I want you to really dig deep and think about this this morning. And I want you to understand, sure, you can pray from your seat. Sure, you can pray from home. But when you come to this altar... You are coming into a form of humility. And God looks down on that and He likes it. Because you've said, I don't care what anybody else around me thinks, I have a need in my life that needs to be fulfilled that only God can fill. And when you come here and let it all out, your life is going to change. So third question, and then they're going to play. And please listen to God this morning. Are you ready to spiritually surrender to God and finally fill that void and ensure your eternity? Are you ready to surrender those things that are keeping you from serving God? Are you wondering why am I not being blessed in life? Why am I not seeing this happen? Why are these good things happening to these people and I'm not seeing any of them? 
You've got to give up the things that are keeping God from blessing you in life. You've got to give them up. When you give those things up and you make God number one in your life and you obey all the things He wants you to do, you will start seeing blessings rain down on you. But until then, we're just empty worship as they play.